Hey, welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. And uh, this is not Matt Stewart, this is Saran Jayamana. We're in Sydney, we're about to be in Brisbane, we're doing live Who Knew It with Matt Stewart's in both those cities. And we're also doing our stand-up shows, uh, Dry Dry, is that right? That is correct, uh, Who Knew It's with Matt Stewart's, and also Dry Dry in Sydney at the Manning Bar, and in Brisbane at the beautiful Powerhouse. Oh, so good. And we're you're doing the Who Knew It's at the Chippo, and at the Good Chat Comedy. Anyway, we'd love to see you there, it'd be fantastic. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Who Knew with Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart, and our first guest is host of the brand new podcast, Four Burners, with Josh Earl. It's Josh Earl. Hey, that's me, everyone. Thanks. Hi, Matt. Hi, Alexi. Oh, sorry. I better not say. Oh, no, sorry. don't reveal no, me. No. Sorry. Don't reveal me. <laughs> sorry. Shit, I'm hanging Edit out behind out. the curtain. Edit that out. Edit that out. Shit, He's still behind shit, the curtain. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fuck, they're going to know who the surprise guest is. Our second guest this week is investigative documentarian and host of the new podcast, Sunburnt Screens, the Australian cinema odyssey. It's Alexi Toliopoulos. Yay. Wow. Two kings of the format returning with brand new podcasts. What a fortuitous event I this show. Oh, it's like, you know, when Oasis and Blue went head-to-head in the charts? <laughs> this is what we're doing. That's right. And I know about that from one of your previous podcasts, Josh. <laughs> that's why I know all about it. That's why you're one of the greats of the game. Do you want to briefly explain what your new pods are about? Go go, go ahead, Alexi. I want to hear about yours. Alexi, you okay. explain Josh's. Oh, yeah. No. Well, Josh's podcast is probably a chat show of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my podcast, it's it's an audio journey through Australian cinema. It's called Sunburnt Screens, the Australian Cinema Odyssey. So each episode, I'm looking at a certain topic, era, or wave, or movement in Australian filmmaking and talking to a bunch of great filmmakers and trying to unearth and rediscover films, introduce people to Australian cinema. Um, it's like a big passion project of mine. The first episode probably has just come out and I'm looking at Australian horror cinema because we're in like this great new wave of Australian horror. And so it's everything from Babadook to talk to me and talking to many of the filmmakers of those films. What about Red Dog? Are you covering that? I've never seen I it. I shan't be covering Red Dog, <laughs> at least in season one. I've got to save room to get more episodes in, mate. Well, that sounds very exciting, Lex. Well done. And Josh, your one, Four yep. Burners, it's some sort of chat show, is that it right? It is. That's what, that's what the talk of the town is, yes. It is an interview show. So it's based on an article I read by David Sedaris. Uh, in it, he talked about a business theory where if you imagine your life as a four-burner stovetop, one burner represents health, one's career, one's family, one's friends. You can't have them all going at once, otherwise you mm. burn out. So you've got to turn one off if you want to be successful. If you want to be super successful, turn off two. And so I, I have a guest on, we talk about their burners, and at the end of the episode, they talk about which ones they're turning off and which ones they're keeping on. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. Josh, so, what if- I might be an interesting guest for this podcast because my stovetop has five burners. <laughs> oh, what's your, what's your fifth one? Well, on my stovetop, it's a wok. Cinema. It's a, a big wok. wok. It's fun for a big wok. <laughs> so I've had two episodes out at the time of the recording. There'll probably be a third one by the time this goes out. But it's uh, so with Gillian Cosgriff, who won the best... Uh, Best comedy at the comedy festival last year, best show, and Sammy Shah were the first two guests. Wonderful awesome guests, so good. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn off all my burners apart from uh, podcasting oh, and just wow. become the best podcaster of all time. <laughs> Leaving so goodbye a to any friends <laughs> with a beautiful no health. Health, <laughs> I'll die. You'll never talk. I'll, I'll you'll do, never talk to a family member again. <laughs> I'll die this week, but geez, I'll die doing the best goddamn <laughs> podcast ever made. Uh, so, yeah, check out the, their shows. The way this show works is ask a relatively obscure trivia question and our contestants have to write a convincing fake answer. I then read their answers as well as the real one and I have to guess which one is correct. And here is the first question, which comes from Rin from London and Michael Nielsen from Signet in Tasmania. Am I Ooh, saying that right? Wow, yeah. How'd these two get collaborating? <laughs> well, they just happened to ask the same question. 
Wow. Uh, coincidentally, uh, uh, coincidentally, yes, yeah. that's the word. Oh my god, is Signet? Signet's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah, right. Really, really nice. They've got a little folk and I've festival heard down good there. Things about London as well, so you know, <laughs> Rin, don't feel too left out. <laughs> uh, so, Rin and Michael's question is: What is the definition of dipnosophist? Excuse you. <laughs> dipnosophist. What's the definition of that? And while they're writing their answers, I'll explain how the scoring works. So, you get one point if your fake answer is guessed by the other contestant, and another point if you correctly guess the answer. Hey, and by the way, I'm also playing as the house, and I've put in two of my own fake answers for each question, and I get a point for each one of those that our guests choose. So each of us can score up to two points per round, which seems fair, but the probability actually favours me, the house. And the house sometimes wins. Um, did uh, just last week, for the first time in a month. Anyway, our questions come from our great Patreon supporters, and if you want to submit a question, sign up on any level via patreon.com slash dogoonpod which is linked in the show notes. Dapnosophist. Is that, am I saying that right? Dapnosophist. Okay. Wow, sounds like a Greek guy. <laughs> it sounds like one of my cousins. <laughs> You've got a bit of an advantage here, <laughs> yeah. I think, Alex. Yeah, I think I went to school with this bloke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the answers are in. So here is question number one. What is the definition of dapnosophist? Someone who uses long words to sound more intelligent than they are. A real dapnosophist, if you know what I mean. It is the term for a lover of brass instruments. An animal that is considered to be wise by human culture, such as an owl or elephant. A rare genetic mutation in the nose canal that causes breathing difficulty while sleeping. Or a person skilled in table talk. Someone who is a master of dinner table conversation. A dapnosophist. How do you spell this shit, by the way? Uh, uh, no, I don't. You're looking it up. I can tell. I'm not looking <laughs> you're it up, Googling. mate. You're Googling. I'll turn my camera on right now. <laughs> tell me. It's, tell uh, me. I've got my hands up. Tell me what's going hands on. Hands are in the air. D-E-I-P-N-O-S-O-P-H-I-S-T. Oh, D-E-I-P. I thought it was D-A-P. Okay. Well, that changes. <laughs> that changes, that changes what I was going to say is the answer. Okay. Where, where are you thinking? Well, I thought, I thought brass instrument because it was like the dap tones and dap nosophist. I thought, oh, oh yeah, is that oh, wow. something that? But I'm going to rule that one out. But that's been, you, you know, think, ma- uh, maybe that's Sharon been bastardized over time. Do you think Sharon Jones would have had the same success if she was called <laughs> Sharon Jones the Dap Nosophists? <laughs> that would be a great name. And I want, I, yeah, let's go back and cha- rewrite history and have it that. <laughs> that's it. Um. Can you can you repeat the last two again? Last two answers. Uh, genetic, rare genetic mutation in the nose, making uh, breathing difficult while sleeping, or someone who is a master of dinner table conversation. Wow. Mm. Which I would say you two. A dinner oh. party conversationalists. Yeah. Oh, we should so. get dinner sometime. The three <laughs> we of should, us. I'd, I'd love to get Good dinner. Good lord. And have three a little chat. sitting around that table, <laughs> having a wonderful chit chat. Three people with bad nose. Yeah. <laughs> three people have to lie on their side to eat dinner <laughs> so they can breathe. Three people with CPAP machines. <laughs> I think it's that one. I think it is the nose one. Do nose I lock one? it in? Yeah, you want to lock it yeah, in? Yeah, I lock that one in. All right, All right great. good call, man. I'm trying to think. I'm I'm trying to use my bilingual skills, mm. and uh, the way you spelled it with N uh, K N O is that how you spelled the in it K N O Deepnosophist? Uh, no, there's no K. There's no K. Well, then I'm fucked. N O S O P H I S T. It is ironic that I did ask you to spell it and then I immediately stopped <laughs> listening to you when you started saying it. My brain just clicked on and going like, yeah, this shit's boring. What am I doing? Um, okay, I'm just going to put a guess that it is the the wise creatures, owls, etc. Okay. So I think maybe the word knowledge is in there, even without the letter K, and I may have <laughs> fucked up, but I had that thought. I can't change my brain. All right, well, uh, here's who wrote the answers. Uh, someone who uses long words to sound more intelligent than they are. That was Michael. Okay, the house. Michael. Term for a lover of brass instruments, which was ruled out by Josh early. That was by Josh. I was trying to bluff. I was yeah. trying to get get in there early. I may not have the camera on, but I can see right through you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an animal that is considered to be wise by human culture. Fuck. That was Rin. Okay, Rin. the house. So points to the house there. A rare genetic mutation in the nose canal. 
that was Alexi. Oh, yeah. I so guess you were Alexi. Let so it be revealed <laughs> I have sleep apnea and uh, I was thinking <laughs> when, about it. When you said, um, oh, great, great choice, Josh. <laughs> you were just meaning for me because yeah, you've absolutely. just given me a point. Thank you very <laughs> so, much, Joshy. <laughs> so that means the correct answer is someone who's a master of dinner, dinner table conversation. There you go. Which I think wow. is it's such a great... I reckon if you bring term. up this word at a dinner table, that rules you out of being this word. <laughs> You know what's yes. actually pretty interesting? They yeah. possibilism. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that that would make uh, Lexi zone out just as much as spelling out a word. Yeah, I reckon. Like, fuck me dead, mate. I'm just looking the other way, twiddling you know, my if, thumbs. If you get stuck for stuff to talk about at a dinner party, you've done mm-hmm. through what are you watching on Netflix, what are you listening to? Yeah. The good one is, what did you have for recess as oh. a kid in primary school? Wow. It's a re- it re- makes people really talk. Josh, immediately I'm going back to my glory days as a six-year-old running the handball courts, you know. It's beautiful. I'm emotional thinking about this. Yeah, I, can, I reckon I could tell you in different stages through primary school as well. I remember early days, it was always a red delicious apple. I, oh. I still remember that. Wow. Rock hard sound of it hitting yeah. the, tin, <laughs> the tin bin. <laughs> Donk. It was so, so hard. And a couple of biscuits. Great times. Yeah. Good times, isn't and it? At the start of a... If you know, if we're if we're if mum and dad were doing well in the teaching game that month, yep, it'd be Monte Carlo's. Did your parents get teacher wages, but like on commission? <laughs> on <it>? commission, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The more wow. students, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder. No, um, you 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 never taught, did you? You worked in a library. I look. I did teach because I have a teaching degree, and I didn't teach as a like a proper pay teacher. But all my pre-service teaching, I did like. Over like twenty weeks of teaching in schools. Did you get? Wait, like, what the hell is going on? You said Josh had a hard out. Now we're talking about yeah. <laughs> recess. Then you gave him the follow up question. Did you ever teach at school? Come on, well, brother, just, get the show. I was rolling. wondering if if he got like maybe he got a bonus based on how many books he he um, uh-huh. lent out or whatever. But the guys yeah, can't right. need to go to the vet, and you're that wasting true, his precious true life. Listeners. The listeners should know we'll that the cat's minutes. life is on the line here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, question two comes from Jane from Northcote, just up the road from us. Beautiful part of the world. Beautiful part of the world. And the question is, which of these is a real species of moth? So you've just basically got to come up with a a name for a species of moth while you're writing your answers. Here's some more info on Dapenosophists. Rin writes, no dinner party is complete without a Dapenosophist. Formed from the Greek words Dapenon, meaning meal or dinner, and so fisties, meaning an expert or wise person. Oh, geez, you were you were you were so close to being on the money there, Lex, with your Greek knowledge. Wow. It, the second half of the word did, did mean expert or wise, or like you were saying, knowledge. And I didn't know date meant table in ancient Greece or something. Date not meant meal or dinner. Yeah. And it made its way into the English language in the 1600s. A beautiful journey it must have taken from. From Greece. <laughs> the answers are in for question number two. Here they are, Lex. The question is, which of these is a real species of moth? Forgotten frigid owlet? Woolly spotted silk moth? The short story podcast moth? <laughs> Tinkle bell? Or wallet moth? Whoa. Forgotten Whoa. frigid owlet? Woolly spotted silk moth? The short story podcast moth? Tinkle bell? Or wallet moth? Wow, I'm going to go wallet moth because they're similar shape. Mm. You know, they flap around. <laughs> I can imagine it. You know, a wallet, you, you fold, unfold it and it's got two flappy wings, basically. I think it's like a moth. <laughs> my, yeah, my wallet flaps around. I'm going to go yeah, the owl. Probably some dust coming out of it too, you freaking cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> You've got my number. I, I'm going to go the owlet. Outlet. Yeah, is that the one? That, yeah, that was the forgotten first one. frigid outlet. Yeah. Frigid outlet. The best a man can get. That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, lock those in. Here's who wrote the answers. Uh, Tinkle Bell. That was the house. Ooh. As was Woolly Spotted Silk Moth. Uh, specifically Jane on that one. The short story podcast moth. That was Alexi. Yeah, that's the, the wallet only moth I know, mate. Big fan of <laughs> podcast form. <laughs> The wallet moth. Uh, that was Josh Earl. Thank you, Alexis. I gave extra it, detail too. Extra. You want to read the extra detail? I said, name for their papery-like wings that have the same texture as American bills. 
Oh, American Bills. I love that yeah. green cashiola. <laughs> bills, bills, bills. <laughs> uh, maybe the correct answer is Forgotten Frigid Alette. Yes. Oh, my so that gosh. Is a full two points to Josh that round, which catapults him into the lead. Score check after two rounds. Alexi's on one. The house is on one, but out in front on two points. It's Josh Earl. Thank you, moths. <laughs> that brings us up to question number three, which comes from Lewis Gemmel from Glasgow. And uh, I, I pulled this one out because, Josh, we had a lot of fun with a similar question last time we were on. Oh, yes. We, we had to come up with a Star Wars character name. <laughs> I can't remember what yours was, but, man, it, I was making me laugh for a week <laughs> afterwards. Um, but so this week's question is, what was the name of the Jedi who died defending the Twi'leks in the Clone Wars episode Supply Lines? Very specific, but basically you just got to come up with a name of a Star Wars character. And uh, while you're writing your answers, I'll let the audience know a bit more about the forgotten frigid owlet. According to Jane, moth names are possibly even more ridiculous than fish and birds, which we feature often on this show. Uh, she said that this one was referenced on Blue Sky recently, but she couldn't find their username. She tried, wanted to reference them. Yep. She tried, okay? Did her best. Uh, according to Bug Guide, the forgotten frigid owlet is found in North America. It is a nolid moth and was first described by Francis Walker in 1866. They live on stream edges, forest edges, and fields. What a life. Great life. What well, a, how long do they live for, though? Moths don't live very long, do they? They don't live long, but, geez, they get the most out of it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> famous for that, squeezing every drop out of life. I know caterpillars turn into butterflies. Do caterpillars also turn into moths? Or am I really dumb? Only if they're corrupted by the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that's right, isn't it? I'm not sure. That's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, I don't want anyone yelling at their iPods, so I'll look it up. iPods? Do you think people... <laughs> I think <laughs> they're furious. I, think... I saw someone, they posted they were watching Oppenheimer on their iPod, which was... Really? Yeah, very funny. What a clash of worlds. What, how Christopher Nolan would have wanted it watched. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, as a cinephile, Lex, I, I imagine you probably... Subscribe to that theory that it's the best cinema's best watched on an iPod. You know what, mates? I've come to the realization that you don't need to go to church to pray, so you can get <laughs> cinema wherever you can get it. You know? Uh, yeah. Caterpillars are the eating and growing stage of butterflies and moths. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, so you were bang on on the money there. Oh, we've got our Star Wars character names in. So here is question number three, and it's very specific, but it's a, what's the name of the Jedi from uh, Clone Wars supply lines? Died defending the Twi'leks. Is it a TV yeah. episode or what? It was I think it must game? be. I think Clone. I think Clone Wars was a, a cartoon TV series. Okay. Of Star Wars. Here are your options: Defender, I'm a Gundai, <laughs> George Lucas, <laughs> Scoots Magoots Junior. Or Hugo Cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. and Der, I'm a Gundai, George Lucas, Scoots Magoots Jr. or Hugo Cucumber. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm a Gundai. Okay. <laughs> I'm a Gundai for Josh. Wow, okay. I mean... Is it? I think these are all very close on the uh, ridiculousness scale, aren't they? <laughs> yes, and yes. you know, I would admit that, to this. That is Star Wars. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm, I've been a big Star Wars fan a lot of my life, and I have like quite encyclopedic knowledge of names of characters that appear only in like novels and stuff. And I really? don't know any of these characters. <laughs> I've never heard of any of them for, before. But my guess is that it's, I'm going to go Defendor or whatever. And I think that in the script they just call it Defend. And like, oh, we've got to come up with something better. Like, let's just go defend or change like six letters around or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, we'll lock that in for Lex. Here's who wrote the answers. Hugo Cucumber, that was the house. Great name. Great name. <laughs> Scoots Magoots Jr. That was Josh. Scoots Magoots was the last was one. The last I, one, I yeah. searched our messages and that's what it was. <laughs> Scoots Magoots. That's so good. Uh, George Lucas. I hope I'm saying that right, Lexi. <laughs> yes, uh, it's based on the creator of Star Wars himself, Mr. George Lucas. Uh, Defender 
which Lexi went for. That was actually Lewis, aka the house. Wow. Meaning Josh once again is correct. Oh. I'm a gun die. I'm a gun die. <laughs> I'm wow. a gun die. Have you seen Kanye West discover that Luke Skywalker and George Lucas, like he named Luke Skywalker after himself? Like there's a clip of like Kanye West discovering that and thinking it is the most amazing discovery wow. of the Wait, of George the Luke 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 Skywalker, George Lucas, and he's like going George Lucas, Lucas Skywalker. It's him. He's he's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> so wait, is Skywalker named after his ranch, Skywalker Ranch? Oh my god, it's all connected. Uh, so that means Josh, you got a point there for getting the correct answer, and the house gets one for Lexi picking ours. So that brings us up to question number four. Wow, so I'm fucking losing. Okay, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Oh, yeah, but I mean, loser. if you want to hear this, I'm if a you fucking this loser score. over here. <laughs> well, Lexi's on one point, the house is on two Don't points. Don't bring it up, front, mate. That's on three true. points, it's Josh Earl. Question four comes from Sam Piers from St. Albans in the UK. I've, I've heard one nothing over there. about yeah. I've heard nothing. <laughs> Never I wonder if it's as beautiful as ours. Uh, <laughs> It's we got a we got a western suburbs here northwestern suburb called St Albans here, which is a great a part. Cat's of the world, life right? is on the line, mate, and you're talking about <laughs> geographic which places relate to which. Question four is which strange headline appeared on Sky News on the sixth of September, twenty twenty three. So you just got to write a strange headline, Well, you know, not okay. that strange, just an interesting headline. And while you're writing your answers, and it it was from twenty twenty three, so. Pretty recent news. While you're writing your answers, here's a little more info about I'm a gun die. According to Lewis, I'm a gun die, pronounced I'm a gun die, <laughs> appeared in the third series of the animated show Fighting in the Battle of Ryloth. When the Ryloth forces- is the Twi'lek homeworld, by the way. Oh, there you go. Oh, I wasn't sure if you were joking or not before. You are a big Star yes, Wars man. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, I've got a dark past. <laughs> Um, when the local forces' supplies were depleted, Dai and his clone troops held off the approaching Separatist army while the Republic attempted to send more supplies. Whilst he was the victim of an unfortunate case of nominative determinism, he did not die in vain as he held off the droid army just long enough for supplies to arrive. God bless you, I'm gonna die. And uh, while you're still writing your answers, let's go for a quick break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, we're back. The answers are in for question number four. What strange headline appeared on Sky News on the 6th of September, 2023? Local man runs naked into woods after ripping urinal off restaurant bathroom walls. Whoa, strong fella. Man arrested after trying to run from Florida to London in a makeshift hamster wheel. Stolen peacock leads man to play real-life version of Angry Birds. Really big cow spotted in farm. (laughs) Or cow mare defeated in landslide victory. Wow, so two cow two ones. Cows. Two, cows. two cows. That's pretty There's interesting. Something in the air. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. At least one of them must be true. But what's more plausible, a cow mare or a big cow? I reckon big cow sounds pretty good. Okay, you want to lock in big cow, Lex? I might not lock it in, but I'm thinking, Josh, it might be a good idea if you that could be one for you, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> big cow. Yeah, it sounds... No, no, really big cow. Yeah, really big. Cow big. in Because to me, that's newsworthy. If you see a really big cow, you're like, holy shit, put this on Sky. How do you know if it was a really big cow or the other cows were just further away? Mm. Then maybe that's what it was. Well, maybe the, the, the news story could be debunked later or... <laughs> It turned out it was just for an ad. Uh, I'm going to lock in Peacock. I think the Angry Birds, like, there's always there's always stories about animals getting on the loose. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, there's a website called UPI. Uh, and it's pronounced it's, YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and they what they love, because I, I have to sometimes search for the stories for my job, they love world record attempts, 
They love uh, lottery wins and they love bears on ring cams. Any bear oh, that's yeah. gone near a ring cam and they got the footage of it, that's that's the whole website, oh. upi.com. And yeah, that's it. There's that one of the, the little kid going, I want to pat the dog. Yeah. That's a classic. Yeah. Oh, or the other one is library books being returned after 80 years. They love <laughs> oh, those yeah. kind of stories. Wow. Oh, you love that too. Oh, I love it. That's the Venn diagram crossover yeah. for you. Just looking at how much they're going to have to pay in library fines. So locking in Angry Birds for Josh. What about you, Lex? Um, could you give them to me again one more time? You got the naked local naked man. Uh, who ripped off the urinal. Mm-hmm. I got the man arrested trying to uh, run from Florida to London. A uh, really big cow spot on farm. And that one's meat, really good. Cow mare. Um, I might go the urinal guy. Urinal, urinal guy? Yeah, yeah because that's an exciting story. Imagine a naked guy <laughs> running around with a big urinal. That's cool. I want to read the story. Did he get apprehended or is he still on the run naked forever? Yeah, I hope I mean, so. Covered in piss. I'm in. presuming. Yeah. No, I reckon he took his because the urinal like splashed back onto his clothes, so yeah. that's why he got angry. Took his clothes off, ripped yeah. it off, that and ran. has happened to <laughs> me. I'll admit it's happened to me. And you know, there's in a moment of rage, I could rip all my clothes off. I reckon you and could, then yeah. run around that urinal. And I'm imagining it's one of those big silver ones. It's a huge, <laughs> yeah, huge one. Yeah, the whole wall. I was picturing, yeah, that's interesting. I was picturing like a porcelain yeah. single-use one, but yeah. Single-use. Well, that's use. Well, <laughs> 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 All right, here's the answers. Cow mare defeated in landslide victory. That was Josh Earl. Whoa, Where okay. really big cow spotted in farmers, Alexi. Oh, so you both wow. had your heads and cows today. They call us. They call us the cow twins. Heads yeah. and the cows. Yeah, have a bit of milk with my brekkie this morning. Maybe that's what Ooh, we're thinking have about. A, have a splash in my coffee. <laughs> uh, stolen peacock, real life angry birds. That was Sam, a.k.a. the house. Oh, you got wow. me, Sam. Sam Sammy. also wrote the one about ripping a urinal off a bathroom wall. Wow. So. Uh, points there, two points to the house. I mean, the correct answer was man arrested after trying to run from Florida to London in a makeshift wow. hamster wheel. That's interesting. I was thinking about the hamster wheel, the TV show that the Chasers guys did for a minute. What was that? And I, I don't thought, even remember that show. It was just called Hamster Wheel. Okay. Yeah, I also have encyclopedic knowledge of ABC shows. Yes. <laughs> hamster wheel, no, it does ring a bell. But that was that was a like a politics show or something. Rather oh, than yeah, a, probably. Or an a- advertising or something. It would have been them or spin. Ske- Maybe it was skewering spin. Aussie politics. They might have. They skew, were skewering something. With their cheeky university charm. <laughs> um, all right, we're up to question number five now. This comes from Paul McNally from Waterford in Ireland. And the question is, which of these is the title of a controversial Sesame Street segment that never aired? Which of these is the title of a controversial Sesame Street segment that never aired? While you're writing your answers, here's some more info uh, about this article. Uh, and by the way, Sam writes, Florida man could be a new category for this show on its own. If you Google Florida man and any date, you're pretty much guaranteed a crazy headline. It's a hot tip for anyone looking for questions to write. Anyway, the article reads, a Florida man who tried to run across the Atlantic Ocean to London using a makeshift hamster wheel has been arrested. Reza Bellucci, 44, was spotted about 70 miles off Georgia by the US Coast Guard and allegedly claimed he wanted to keep going all the way to the UK on the 26th of August. According to court documents, the Coast Guard judged the makeshift boat was manifestly unsafe and kept afloat by buoys and wiring. His voyage began just days before Hurricane Franklin, a Category 4 storm at its peak, uh, which hit parts of the Caribbean. But Mr. Bellucci refused to step off the vessel for three days until officers managed to safely extract him and bring him back to shore two days later. Bellucci informed the uh, Coast Guard officers that he had a Florida registration on board his vessel, but he was unable to locate it. He also advised the Coast Guard his intended destination was London. Officers remained on the scene, and on the next day, the 27th of August, Mr. Bellucci allegedly threatened to blow himself up. There's a twist. Uh, the Coast Guard said they believed this to be a valid threat, and according to court documents, uh, he was holding wires in his hand. This prompted officers to call the bomb disposal experts before he admitted the threat uh, was a hoax on the 28th of August, shortly after officers tried to deliver food and water. On the 29th of August, officers brought Mr. Bellucci off the vessel and into a small boat and took him ashore on the 1st of September. This marked the end of Mr. Bellucci's latest run-in with the Coast Guard. 
with previous incidents involving a similar homemade vessel in 2014, 2016, and 2021. The man is committed uh, to, yeah. <laughs> to running across the ocean. One of my mates. And if he's lucky, committed to Monica Bellucci as well. I mean, Hummer, Hummer, one of the Hollywood's most beautiful women. One of my mum's ex-boyfriends tried to sail around Tasmania and he got he, let, he raised money for uh, charity and had a big, like, bon voyage thing and then, like, two hours later ran aground but then had to be rescued but didn't have any uh, water on board and he was meant to go on for a while and didn't take any water with him. He's no wow. longer with my mum, so I don't feel bad okay. laughing about him. Uh, he, was a, he was an idiot. Um, but but why yeah. would he take water? He'd be surrounded by it. <laughs> water, water everywhere. Let's all take a drink. <laughs> But yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it's fun to talk about him. Going, fucking idiot. Great memories. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, what would he have for recess? That's what I'm interested <laughs> in. Well, if you were going to teach about that in a Sesame Street segment, oh, what yes. would it be called, I wonder? Uh, oh, that's funny. That brings us to question number five. <laughs> Which oh, my these- God, what a host. <laughs> Which of these is the title of a controversial Sesame Street segment that never aired? Some dads go to jail. The Count finds a mysterious package. Elmo meets his new dads. Taking it to the can with Oscar the Grouch. (laughs) Or Snuffy's parents get a divorce. Um, Yeah, what are you thinking? I'm going to say taking it to the can by Oscar the Grouch. And what do you picture this segment to be about? It's it's like a, a... talk show oscar hosts a talk show and they were going to have guests and it it never yeah never never happened okay yeah taking it to the can what about you lex oh gosh i'm trying to think snuffleupagus i don't think would have parents so i don't think they'll get divorced elmo i don't think you would ever meet their parents these people right do you know why Yes, I know why stuff like this is. Uh, I know it. We're going to do a. F- we, I want to say it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep my I keep my microphone, uh, my headphones out. Uh, he, um, do you know why he started off being imaginary and then they made him real? No. Yes, because ki- kids could keep secrets from their parents. Yeah, and so Jim Henson was like, "No, no, we want people to be able to believe kids right. when they're telling them something and not to say it's all just made up." Right. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that makes sense. I'm glad Jim figured that one out. Yeah. Uh, what time. were they again, Matt? Uh, some dads go to jail. The Count finds a mysterious package. Elmo meets his new dads. Taken to the can with Oscar the Grouch or Snuffy's parents get a divorce. Uh, I'll go the first one. All right. The some jail. Go to jo- Locking that in for Alexi. All right. Here's who wrote the answers. The Count finds a mysterious package. Uh, that was Paul in the house. A real collab there. Yeah. Paul had written, the Count finds a pack of cigarettes. And I, in my head, I was making it marijuana, but I, I don't, I, it did not translate yes. that. I, like I, black tar heroin, I was yeah, I, I was thinking Coke. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. Well, as long as you yeah. had drugs on, yeah. in, on your mind. Uh, Elmo meets his new dads. That was the house. I uh, thought that's the kind of thing they would have thought, oh, this is a, a positive message to have. And then yep. someone got in the way. Uh, some dads go to jail, which Lexi went for. That was Josh. Great work, Josh. Great Thanks, work. Thanks, Lexi. Taking it. Great work. Taking it. <laughs> I misread it, Lex. And he's still over it. Taking it in the can. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't have guessed that one. <laughs> Josh, that. that was the <laughs> So I was thinking taking it to the can. It was like a chat show, Oscar the Grouch. Almost like a Between Two Ferns. Kind right. of like one of those kind of like the... Like a Tom Gleason, the host is mean to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you may have saved me by saying it wrong the first time. Uh, which means the correct answer is Snuffy's parents get a divorce. Whoa. Oh. But in this round, you each give yourself uh, a, a, a point. Oh, thanks, Alexi. So You're that welcome, means mate. with just two rounds left, it's Alexi on two, but Josh in the house on four points. Here is wow. question number six. Comes from Stevie Jepson from Lower Hut, New Zealand. What Lower happened? Hut. Lower my Hut. Favorite, my favorite Star Wars character. <laughs> uh, what happened in New Zealand that made news on the first of November, twenty twenty one? What happened in New Zealand that made news on the first of November, twenty twenty one? Again, Josh with his uh, his quirky news knowledge. Um, while they're writing their answers, here's a bit more info about that Sesame Street segment. According to Paul, Sesame Street has covered lots of controversial topics. 
Some with praise, such as Cammy, who is a HIV-positive character who first appeared in 2002 on the South African version of the show before appearing on the US version in 2011 and 2015. Others were definitely not successful, such as the Wicked Witch of the West, who terrified children with her guest appearance in 1976. This episode aired once and never again. I saw that. She came on because kids were scared of her all the time, the actor who played the Wicked Witch. Yep. And she, the idea was to humanise her and say, she's not. she came on without makeup and stuff and kids are still scared. It breaks my heart. Were you ever scared of any things as a kid, like from TV shows? Wicked Witch of the oh, West. Okay. I, she gave me nightmares when I was little, yeah. for sure. I was scared of the song Yellow that's used in um, Ferris Bueller, that bomb, bomb. Oh, it made yeah. Made you feel weird. Um, won't, won't. I mean, that's a powerful song. Bomb, bomb. Um, um, I was really scared of Joseph Fritzl. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one's slightly less irrational than ours, but... Um, <laughs> I did have... You've got your answers in, so I don't really need to read about it, but there, there's more information about... It was back in 92 when they tried to put together the Snuffies divorce episode. Yeah. But they tested it on kids, and the kids got freaked out. They all thought their parents were going to get divorced and this sort of stuff. So they ended, they sort of got spooked from airing it. And, and also because they, they said it was Snuffy's fault. <laughs> yeah. <getting> yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, it was, you know, progressive for 92, yeah. but... Um, all right, so the answer in for question six, what happened in New Zealand that made news on the 1st of November 2021? Here are your options. The Canterbury A&P show uh, was evacuated after a mysterious caped figure was seen hovering over the main stage, which turned out to be the mascot for a betting company. Uh, due to an online campaign, a mammal won New Zealand Bird of the Year. Uh, the ratio of sheep to humans passed 10 to 1 for the first time. A really big cow was seen in a field, or really humongous cow spotted in farm in Auckland. So there's a couple of cow ones. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> Must be one of those ones then. Isn't isn't that amazing? Um, <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> um, who guesses the first last time? I think I did. You go. Um, I'm going to say that mammal won the bird of the year because New Zealand's obsessed with their bird of the year. Every New yeah. Zealand person I know, they're going, wow, I can't wait for bird of the year. I'm like, okay, mate. There's just, other big things going on. It's pretty big here as well. They too, just had John it? Oliver uh, do, a, do a stunt that made the bird of the century win. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I'm guessing it was the bird from fucking the Lion King remake that he voiced. Oh. Selfish little man. It was that, I think it's the Ticket Piku, something like that. I, I don't know how to say it. But An yeah. actual New Zealand bird, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess it was uh, sheep outnumber them 10 to 1. All right, locking that in for Josh. Here's who wrote the answers. Uh, the betting com- company mascot shutting down the show. That was the house, um, which is funny because we we're talking about uh, stunts before. Um Similar. I was ahead. Of, I was ahead of the game there, Snoop Dogg style. A really big cow was seen in a field. That was Josh Earl. A really wow. humongous cow spotted in farm in Auckland. That was Alexi. Always one better. <laughs> the ratio of sheep to humans passed ten to one for the first time. Josh went for that. That was the house. Ooh. Meaning the correct answer was due to an online campaign, a mammal won the New Zealand Bird of the Year award. Whoa! So I heard one, it was a really big cow. That one. <laughs> it was a really big cow. So that means uh, one point to Josh, one point to Alexi. Am I right in saying that? No, one point to the house, one point to Alexi. No, Josh guessed my one. He guessed really humongous cow (laughs) spotted in farm in Auckland. (laughs) That brings us to the final question. Which you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna bow out. Yes, I'm gonna go. No worries. It's been a pleasure, Alexi. Wow. I, I, I just I got offended by the big cow stuff. I can't. Nah, it's okay. I can't stay. Do you want? It's to, um, okay, mate. I understand. Do you want to lock in uh, I'll number lock in one to five? Four. Okay. <laughs> Fuck if he thing. wins. You're gonna have to take me to the vet. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh has to, and that was this is exactly when he said he had to go, and I didn't quite nail the uh, the timing on this one. Mm-hmm. Um. Listeners at home, apologies for that. We've never had a... Oh, no, this is the second time... No, no, this is the first time we've ever had a contestant leave mid-show. Um, <laughs> and with only one other contestant in, it's going to be fascinating to see, Lexi. I it really feels I like... Win. 
You are coming back from last place here. Uh, yeah. Yep. Quick score update. Going into the final round. Alexis on three points. Josh is on four points, but out in front on five points. It's the house. But Alexi, got to remember, this is just for you. You get triple points for the final round. Okay. Problem is, oh no, Josh did put in a he put he did he did make a guess so um, yeah. he made guess yours. But really, <laughs> there's not a huge advantage for you writing a believable <laughs> one here. Um, I could, I mean, I could call. Maybe I'll call him on the phone and get him to do another guess. All right, here is the final question, Lex. Mm-hmm. Comes from Harris. And the question is: What is the synopsis of the 1980 film The Apple? Oh, oh wow, interesting. Let me write my answer. So while Lex is writing his synopsis for the 1980 film The Apple, uh, here's some more information about that controversial bird award. So the winner was the long-tailed bat, or the pecker pecker toroa. Pekka Pekka Tarora. Uh, and according to Steve, it was the first time the long-tailed bat had been included in the competition, and it was a super controversial move. There haven't been they haven't been included in any following year's competitions at the time of writing. Stevie's favorite quote from the Forest and Bird press release, Forest and Bird is the organization that put the award together. Uh, This is from their press release. After a two-week campaign that nearly broke the internet and turned friends against one another, the Pekka Pekka Tuarora, or a long-tailed bat, was the winner. The BBC covered the story, writing, A bat has been named as New Zealand's Bird of the Year in a controversial move that has ruffled feathers. Oh, this article's going to be full of puns, I think. The long-tailed bat has has swooped in to clinch the title in an online poll. Contest... Organisers had included the bat, one of the country's few land-based native mammals, to raise its profile as a critically endangered species. But the victory has annoyed some, with one commentator with one commenter saying the country had gone batty. That's good stuff. Outraged bird lovers cried foul on Twitter. It doesn't stop calling it a total farce, a stolen election, as well as more colourful and unprintable terms. In apparent defiance of the laws of scientific taxonomy, Forrest and Bird had decided to include the land mammal for the first time this year, saying they face similar challenges as birds. The long-tailed bat, also known as the Pekka Pekka Torora, uh, and is only the size of a thumb, that's freaking cute as. Really tiny. A, a thumb th- is one of the smallest parts of my body. A thumb. <laughs> well, one of. <laughs> Thumb-sized some size bat. <laughs> That's yeah. adorable. That's, God, yeah. It's also one of the most yeah. adorable parts of your body, Lex. One <laughs> of. I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we have a good time, mate, when we hang out. <laughs> so the thumb size bat beat a flightless parrot to win the title. Jeez, I hope you feel good about yourself, bat. This flightless parrot sitting there. Actually eligible for the award. Must be furious. More than 56,700 people cast their votes, with more than 7,000 for the bat and just over 4,000 for the kakapo, uh, which won the contest last year. Oh, okay. I don't feel so bad. It won last year. Or the year before, anyway. This is not the first time the contest has flown into controversy. They're still doing it. In 2019, hundreds of votes were found to have come from Russia, sparing fears of voter fraud. Why would Russia want to interfere wow. with a bird competition? How deep does this conspiracy <laughs> go, mate? How deep? Uh, Organisers later determined that they were likely to have come from Russian bird lovers instead of hackers' intent on manipulating the vote. That's so funny that just the idea of wow. Russian people puts fear in a people. Why are, these, why are <laughs> Russian people voting in this bird God. thing? It must be a conspiracy. Oh, Russia has bird lovers as well. Huh. Yeah, they can like birds over there too. Can you, did you know that? The Russians can love birds too. That's what Sting sung about all those years ago. I'm going to I'm gonna write one for Josh as well. Okay. Let's, okay. See if you can fall into my, to my trap. <laughs> I'm going to write it wow, right so now. Wow, so in three houses, mate. Interesting. No, no, but this one, if you yeah. guess it, you will go to the Josh, not the house. Okay. <laughs> all right, Lex. The answers are in. 
And Whoa, uh, okay. this is go. this is unprecedented. We've never finished a game like this before with uh the uh second place competitor uh just fleeing <laughs> to save his cat, mind you. And yeah. uh we should, I should say the cat to, comes first. The cat, cat comes cat's first. Cat's got to come first. I should say to listeners that uh, it's not a life-threatening cat issue, um, but it is an important bit of cat maintenance. And we had a mm-hmm. bit. We had uh, some technical difficulties before we started recording, which squeezed us right out. Uh, and I blame Stupid Old Studios for that. And personally, <laughs> I would say if you're looking for a place to record podcasts, Stupid Old Studios is not the place to go. Wow, I would disagree. I've had recorded great podcasts there. So, you know, we're both on different sides in history, but that's interesting. I didn't know. Look, actually, you've brought me around. Stupid Old Studios is the best, and uh, they were very helpful fixing it up. And I'm also a director here, so I'm um, slightly conflicted, <laughs> and I probably uh, should be more positive. I- yeah, I'm joking. You, I reckon you shouldn't have screamed at the engineer that was trying to fix things. Well, but, uh, uh, what do you do when you're furious? Do, I just take I it become, out on myself. Should I become physical? No, no. I go home and scream at my family. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Your cat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I don't like animals, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough to scream at them anyway. <laughs> All right. So here is the final question. What is the synopsis of the 1980 film The Apple? And this is where Triple Point's got to remember, Lex. Okay, okay. Back in the early days of Apple Inc., Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak made a sex comedy in the style of Animal House and The Nutty Professor that showed how the Apple computer could make anyone a ladies' man. After a disastrous preview showing, Steve Jobs burned all copies. And I'm assuming that doesn't mean like like he didn't burn DVDs to <laughs> yeah, that's, share I've, with more I've burned more a few people. copies in my life. <laughs> Uh, that's option one. Then you've got a three-hour-long biopic. Do you say biopic or biopic? I say biopic. Yeah, same. I think I don't say correct. bio. You know, bio biography. <laughs> yeah, like that. Some people do say biopic though, which just makes it sound biopic like an eye sounds like thing. yeah, like you're getting your eye surgery yeah. or some shit. It's a bio biography biography picture, picture. biopic. Well, there's some people at home having their minds blown right now, just realizing they've been wrong their whole lives. Yep, and continue to do so. A, a three-hour-long biopic of Jonathan Chapman, better known as Johnny Appleseed. The film presents a revisionist history take on the late 18th-slash-early 19th century America. Chapman callously murders anyone who looks at his apple seeds, And many do look. It was widely panned. Okay. So we've got two, two movies that uh, weren't loved a lot so far. Option three... A worm lives inside an apple. He is keen on a life outside of it. But when he moves to New York City, also known as the Big Apple, the worm, named George, uh, named Greg and Scollops, uh, misses his small town apple life. But once he returns, he realises that life is worth living whatever the size of the apple you're dealt. As a cinephile, are any of these <laughs> grabbing your attention? Yeah, they're all pretty interesting. Yep. Then we got... This is option four. In this science fiction musical set in a futuristic 1994, a young couple is tempted by sex, drugs, and an evil music label. They think they're competing in the World Vision Song Contest, but what they don't realize is they're actually singing for their immortal souls. Or finally, growing up on a farm, Marcus, a cow, is really big. (laughs) (laughs) His life changes when journalists from Sky News and New Zealand pick up the story. Okay, so it's interesting. There's one cow one at least. Yeah, there's so only one cow one this time. That's interesting. That is interesting. That's interesting. Do you think that means because when there were two cow ones, they weren't right? Mm. So maybe now that there's only one cow one, that suggests that it it is right. I think it could be. It could be. I'm tempted by it. Yes. I'll say I'm tempted by it. Um. But, but you are a, uh, you are a big cinephile, Lex. I am a big cinephile. Have I've you seen, have you heard of this film? I've seen this movie. Yes, I've seen the Apple. Um, it's from Canon Films by Golan and Globus, two interesting producer filmmakers. Uh, and I saw it 
most recently the 12th of April 2020. So it is oh, okay. somewhat fresh, in, fresh in my mind. And it is about um, Steve Jobs and Wozniak? Is that <laughs> not at all, mate. Not at all. Um, I'm going to read my review to to help jog my memory okay. of which one it is. <laughs> There's nothing I adore more than when a film envisions a far-off vision of the future and the year they pick is in the distant dystopia of the 1990s, only 14 years away from the film's production. This is the platonic ideal of that very thing and it is also a freaking disco musical. So I'm going to lock in the science fiction musical one. <laughs> All right, look at that infolexy. Believe it or not, uh, <laughs> and what? Which one did Josh? Josh also locked that one in. Oh, <laughs> fuck me, dead mate. <laughs> he said, <laughs> "You could have put it in any order." <laughs> and he chose to ruin your best friend <laughs> who decided to stick around. I just he put decided it- to stand by you, mate. I know, but I just—it was just the order that it was in. I shuffle them wow. pre-game and leave your slots open for you to put them in. And I've got a cat bleeding out on my, on my floor right now because I chose you over the vet. <laughs> and you fucked me over, mate. You fucked me right, over. No, well, actually, because I, I normally um, can do, and I will in this case, give you a chance at three bonus points. Oh, God. But you've got... Normally, that would be you guessing Josh's answer, but he didn't write one. Mm. So you've got to guess which one I wrote in... With a oh, minute's notice. God. Well, you know, I'll tell you. I um during this, I uh, having already knowing what the correct answer will be and barely writing one myself. Uh, I didn't the, even listen the to the other options. For the <laughs> well, let's go back to them quickly. Your one was about Marcus the cow, who's really big. Yes, yes. So we can rule that one out. Um, yeah, I didn't listen to the others. I heard the Wozniak one um, yeah, about Wozniak. Steve Jobs and Wozniak. Then we had one the about Johnny, Johnny Appleseed. Appleseed. And then yep. the other one was about a worm who lives inside an apple, uh, but then moves to New York City, also known as the Big Apple. And this worm named Greg I'm going to go for the worm one, mate. <laughs> I think that's the kind of thing that a guy can pull out in a minute when he hears the word apple. Um, the Wozniak one, there was too much going on there. And Johnny Appleseed, I don't think your brain would think of Johnny Appleseed. I don't know what Johnny Appleseed means, to be honest. But, um, but I think you would go Apple Worm. That's the connection your mind might go. And you are correct. All right. So that means a lot of the ones that you put in, they only sound like they could be, um, cartoons. I think think your brain thinks in cartoons. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, all right. Well, okay, I'll tabulate the scores in a second. Um, I'll, before you read your review, do you want me to read a couple of review snippets to you, Lex? Of course, yes. So, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, critics gave it 27%. The audience liked it more at 48%. And what, what do you think of yourself as, more audience or more critic? Lex. I'm I'm uh, I, I'm myself, mate. I'm myself. Yeah. You know, I, I align with how I want, but you know, I'm probably more critical mind because mm. I I cannot watch a film without feeling studious. Right, of course, because it, it must be tricky. Because everyone's all critics start off as just film fans, I would think. Yes, of course. Um, Everyone's a film lover. So I've got a snippet of a positive review and a snippet of a negative review, mm-hmm. and then we'll get yours for the definitive answer. Um, so this is from this is a more positive one from Austin Trunick. He writes part biblical allegory, part 1984, and entirely one of the best camp musicals ever committed to film. The Apple features incredible Busby Berkeley esque dance numbers mm-hmm. and some of the best sci-fi fashion of the 1970s. Do you what? Do you know what Busby Berkeley is? Yes, Busby Berkeley, uh, he was a choreographer for right. in like the early days of musicals. That makes sense. So, you know, um, uh, so when you imagine like musicals like black and white from the early era of cinema, there's like, uh, we're in the money, we're yes. in the money. And you've got all these like ladies in a line and they're doing quite extravagant moves. Maybe they've got big props of big coins and stuff like that. But it's almost more about where the camera is moving than where the people are moving. Right. Like, it's not just one big locked off shot is it like that the- scene in annie where they go to the movies and there's a big um, big dance scene before it i don't remember Let's i don't know go annie to the movies you don't know annie not it, that well it's I've a, seen that's it. a movie and in that movie they go to the movies i really thought that'd be right up your alley <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yes, Busby Berkeley was a choreographer that moved the camera more. It was more about the camera right. than, the, than uh, just doing impressive stunt dancing. Yeah, I think I if 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 a musical or dance movie reference can't go through my filter of the the movie Annie about the little orphan, yeah. then I'm lost. Oh, we're lost. We're lost. Uh, so the negative uh, review came from Jason Bailey. It's amazing these two are about the same film. Uh, he hated it, writing, The Apple is the kind of nutty project that bad movie love is all about. It's clearly the product of a singular, insane vision, unperturbed by any notion of good taste, good sense, or good storytelling. Wow. Hey, when was that Jason Bailey review? Uh, let's see. Why, has he ripped you off? No, no, no. I Are you really, worried that you've been- It's the Jason Bailey that I'm thinking of. I really like him. He's one of my favorite writers. Oh, right. There you go. So, Jason Bailey wrote his review for Flavor Wire in yeah, 2017. I think it's a Jason Bailey that I like. He wrote a great book called Fun City Cinema about movies made in New York. But you um, you two don't see eye to eye on this one. That's okay, mate. That's okay. He's not lost a fan and a follower and perhaps a colleague. He's I still respect the guy, you know? We can't always agree. All right, Lex. It's time for the final score check. In third place on five points, it's The House. In second uh, place... Suck shit, mate. Suck shit, The House. <laughs> on seven points, in absentia, it's Josh Earl. <laughs> Whoa! See, he's, he's a guy... He knows about the four burners, right? And he's mm-hmm. happy to turn... He'll turn the his... Vet the, vet the vet burner up. The vet burner up and the podcast burner is down. And I think he's probably got that right, to be honest. <laughs> but that means out in front with a huge final round on nine points, it's Alexi Toliopoulos. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Thank you very much. Great to be victorious under any circumstances. I, You know, this is the first time I've had you on and I didn't get Cam James to suggest a movie. And, uh, and you knew it. So I... Um, I was proved foolish here. I need to go to Cam James every time you're on just to make sure. He would have said, the apple. You can't do the apple. Yeah, I think we even watched it together. It was during one of the lockdowns, and it was me, Cam, Henry, Stone, a few other buddies. We would sync up watching movies. Oh, that's uh, And usually little oddities like that. So I think Apple was one of those. I think Greg Larson might have watched along with us. Bloody hell. what 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 a brains trust that was. Some of the greatest yeah. minds in Australian cinema. Yeah, all fried watching this crazy disco musical. Love it. Uh, before we, uh, at the end of the show, for new listeners, we'll have some outtakes at the end, and some of it will be really funny stuff. Uh, but before we get to that, Lex, just want to explain one more time your new pod. Yeah, so Sunburn Screens, the Australia Cinema Odyssey, is a new podcast from me. Uh, It is basically a journey through the landscape of Australian cinema. I'll be celebrating classics, unearthing rare cinematic rediscoveries, and having conversations with some of Australia's greatest filmmakers. I'm talking about Gillian Armstrong, Rolf Deheer, the Spearig Brothers, Brian Trenchard Smith, Anna Kokinos, Natalie Erica James, Goran Stalevsky, amongst many others. You're really? Rubbing shoulders, aren't you now yes. with the the big dogs, with the with the ginormous cows of Australian cinema? <laughs> I'm there catching with them, talking about their movies, celebrating cinema wherever I can. Um, it's really cool, and it ties into Broly, this new streaming service from Umbrella Entertainment that is free. And alongside each podcast episode, I'm putting together like a curated selection of films that tie into that episode. So the episode's a great way to be introduced. Then you can go watch some movies and enjoy your life in cinema from there on broly.com.au. Gillian Armstrong made the 90s Little Women. She did indeed. She did indeed. I, I saw that at the cinemas, I believe. Far out. Man, she's one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. Like, I really, uh, I was so excited to talk to her. And um, it was like a bit of a dream come true, to be honest. Uh, and she sent me a really nice email after saying, like, how, what a great interview it was. And it was great to oh. actually be interviewed by a great film buff that really gets it. Oh, that's so nice. I love to yeah, hear that. Yeah, it was sick. And she signed my debut poster for Starstruck, uh, my favorite movie of hers. Wow. What what movie if cuz that looks like that's the only one of hers I've seen cuz I'm mm-hmm. embarrassingly not a huge cinephile. I like yes, watching movies, but I'm a bit of a rather uncouth of you. I know. I like I don't 
I, I like watching movies, but I I don't I don't know if I'm as good at it as you are. I mean, who is? Of course, yeah, I know definitely not. No, very few people, mate. But if I would give you one more recommendation, um, Starstruck is really great, really fun, like a really fun musical set in Sydney, beautiful Sydney. Uh, and Last Days of Shane Nu is going to be on Broly, which is a really kind of like naturalistic but melodrama set in Sydney. I really love Last Days of Shane Nu. That's those are probably my favorite films from her. Oh, that's awesome. I think oh, and High Tide is awesome with um, young Claudia Carvin and Judy Davis. I love High Tide. High- I think you would actually really like High Tide, Matt. Okay, great. Well, I'll start with High Tide. Yeah, great you tips. will like it. I'm just looking at her filmography here. She's got quite a few to work through. Mm. Um, and many awards. Many, many yeah. awards. Won Best Director at the AFIs for High Tide. Oh, no, I was nominated, sorry. Yeah, but I it's think just she an honor to be nominated. Career. I think that's what, that's what she would say too. One for my brilliant career. Thanks so much for joining us, Lex. Anything else you need to tell people before we go? Please listen to Sunburn Screens. It is a beautiful podcast. I care a lot about. Oh, uh, thanks so much for joining us. It's always the best to have you on, Lex. And my pleasure, mate. Thanks everyone for listening. Please give us a five star review. Uh, I I think that'd be nice. No problems if you don't want to, but I've been getting some really nice ones and I read them all and they make me feel nice on the inside of my body. Uh, wow. Tell your friends if you think oh, you know anyone who might enjoy the show. to make you feel nice on the outside of your body. <laughs> Cheers for tuning into Who Knew with Matt Stewart. Now that you know it, I've been Matt Stewart. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>
And I, when it came across the news desk, and I was like, "This is an ad. There's no way that this is true." Like, right. like no, no, it's it's. And we did it. And then two days later, it was like, "Hey, he's just released his new smoke-free fire pit." I'm it like, is, of course. Like, amazing how. We're so desperate. I yeah. say we, but you know, people are so desperate for these stories. Yeah. And there's so many outlets that need them and almost don't really care. No. It's like we get the clicks, you get the ads. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> we all win. Um, but yeah, that is so funny that you're like, this is definitely. Yeah. It was like um, M&M's getting rid of their, their, um, other, the spokes candies. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is leading to a Super Bowl ad for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, Sure enough, I think it did. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always like when, like, the news, 24-hour news cycle have to come up with stuff and the Fox News, like, when they're angry about the green M&M's no longer sexy or whatever it was, yeah. like, they're actually having to argue, like, oh, what's <laughs> happened? This is, like, now she's not wearing pumps, she's wearing flat shoes. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, what, how sexy did you find <laughs> her before? Extremely I mean, sure. erotic. <laughs> One of the most erotic creations. <laughs> I yeah, like I my women like I like my candy, spherical uh, you, and shiny. You like this, Alexi. So the other week I tried to watch uh, Who, Kill, Who Framed Roger, Roger Rabbit yeah. with my, my family. And, my and you had youngest, to leave the room for a few minutes. No, my youngest kid had to, he said, as soon as Jessica Rabbit came on, he said, oh, no, I'm not into this. And to, I think it was too much for him. The sexiness oh of the rabbit was like, I am feel weird watching this with my dad. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> dad, I can't see the movie through my fogged up glasses. Ahoga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.